So in this part, I want to talk about FAIR benchmarking. And this is based on a paper that was presented at the DB test workshop um, by Mark Rosfeld and colleagues. And um, the idea is that they looked at some examples of what can go wrong in benchmarking. And um, so it's, I thought it's quite interesting. So this is why I'm also including this here. So the state of things is that uh, there's many problems in data management benchmarking, and this includes big data benchmarking, of course, and machine learning benchmarking. And um, I mean, in the industry, of course, uh, things are misleading, right? We had this benchmarking problem already. And uh, the same problem we, to some extent, have in academia, because the numbers often are unreproducible. Um, so essentially, if you read a paper, you will get some kind of numbers uh, that um, yeah, benchmarks uh, report, but it's hard to verify them. And um, well, why, why is it really hard to verify them and what, what can go wrong? And so this is something that uh, Mark Rosfeld and colleagues basically collected. So, and they call it benchmarking games. And the problems are basically different configurations across different systems, hardwired optimizations, um, specifications of a uh, benchmark that is tied to the system or biased to a system. So of course I can basically create a benchmark that would favor just one type of implementation, for example. Synchronized workload queue, which is exactly what I explained in this uh, coordinated omission. Arbitrary workloads, very small benchmarks, of course, and um, benchmarks that are manually translated for performance. So if we look at research currently, most papers that do systems work have a, uh, a, a plot something like this. Uh, so you have fast and slow, and uh, your system is very fast, and the other system is very slow. And most papers uh, will need this in order to get accepted or most systems or most products need something like this in order to get sold. But um, often it's very hard to identify what is actually compared and if the comparison is fair or no, and most likely it's not. So and what are typical problems? And I mean, we'll go through the first four and the, the other uh, three there are actually in the paper if you want to check. Um, but just to give you an overview of what can go wrong. And the first is non-reproducibility. So if you do some kind of benchmarking, you should make sure that your numbers are reproducible. And for this, the code needs to be available, the system needs to be available, and frequently this is not true, right? Frequently uh, there's nothing available, you can just see the numbers. And today there's very little consequences, but there are some efforts going on and it's getting more and more traction also that uh, results actually are replicated. So in conferences like SIGMOD, so this is one of the largest database conferences, you actually have to um, justify why your code is not, um, not available. And if your code is available, there's an, an effort uh, or like an ex extra batch that you can give that um, make uh, that uh, other let other people um, evaluate your results or validate your results, and then you get this batch results replicated or artifacts available or even both. And so you just have to well just have to provide scripts that produce the plots uh, in your paper, 
from scratch and um, and explain this, uh, then um, then you can get this, and then well, people can at least be sure that this is um, somehow validated by somebody else. And so, why do we want this? So here is a nice example um, why this is actually nice to evaluate if or why you should be careful when reading performance numbers. So here we have three uh, examples, basically or three charts of two systems comparing um, their performance. So we have uh, MariaDB versus Postgres. And you can see that uh, the median time of execution is 12.18 seconds uh, for TPCH query one. So TPCH is a database benchmark similar to TPCDS, a bit older. And uh, in Postgres, the execution on median is 9.7 seconds. So uh, obviously Postgres is better. And then there's a comparison Postgres versus SQLite. And here we can see SQLite is better. And then uh, we have another experiment that compares SQLite with MariaDB. And here we can see that MariaDB is better. And the question is, okay, what's the difference, right? So it's the same uh, system. It's uh, and one time it's 12.18 seconds and one time it's 4.7 seconds. So uh, what's the crime basically? How how can these uh, results come about? And um, well, essentially, um, it's the same configuration parameters. So there's no change in configuration between these two MariaDB instances. It's the same compilation flags. It's the same version number of the database. So it's not a different uh, deployment or something that's not differently compiled, but the schema is different. In the schema in TPCH, um, they use double instead of decimal. And uh, this still gives co correct results according to, to this TPCH specification. So in, in TPCH, you have lots of numbers and you can pick decimal uh, or you can choose decimal or double and decimal is just harder to compute. So using double will be faster here. And if you just do this in one of the engines, then uh, the results are basically not comparable. So, um, well, the one other problem that you could have is you could fa fail to optimize a system. And of course, I mean, if you're using your own system, you want to try to optimize it as much as possible. But of course, you have to do the same effort for another system. So, I mean, it's very simple, for example, just to change um, the compiler flags, right? So how much uh, optimization does the compiler use? How do you change the configuration? And uh, a good way to fix this is basically involve your competition. So um, if you're using somebody else's system that you compare to, then ask them to configure their system to optimize it. But um, well, it should be, uh, that's of course lots of work, but I mean, you, you can see this is really makes a difference. So here you can see um, Postgres with two different configuration parameters. So say for example, the memory allocation for different kinds of buffers um, can make a huge difference, like almost double the performance um, of Postgres. Then using different config uh, compilation flags, so how much uh, optimization does the compiler do, can make almost a uh, double, can op almost double the performance of a system as well. So here in the case of MoniDB. And um, 
well then in general of course if you're comparing like your own implementation you have to think if this is really a standalone or uh, implementation or a full system um, does it really have the same features or no um, do you have say for example transactions or no uh, is it like transaction processing will cost you a lot of time if you have full asset compliance or no and uh, well um, in order to do this so if you want to test something new uh, like your new algorithm um, it's hard to compare this to a full system the only way you can really do this is you integrate it into a full system for example and here they also have a nice example so um, well again using tpc query one um, uh, and scale factor one so here they uh, executed it on MoneyDB, already the optimized version, and on TimDB. And TimDB is a hard-coded uh, C program that can just do a query one on TPCH. And that's not a database, right? It's a common misinterpretation. So this, of course, it will be much faster, but it won't be able to execute query two, for example, or another scale factor, for example. And so comparing these two or giving performance numbers for these two is, um, well, misleading, let's say. And um, another big problem is incorrect results. So sometimes bugs make code very fast. Um, so if, you, if the result is fast but incorrect, it may be invisible in your benchmark. So you always have to check your results. Do you have the same kind of precision? Do you have the same kind of accuracy, um, et cetera, right? And uh, so then it makes sense to also run with different uh, benchmarks and uh, different data sets. And so if you're doing database, um, for example, checking correctness, uh, for checking correctness, something like Postgres would be a good, uh, uh, good choice. And again, here an example would be a TPC H query one, a small function that just returns. Um, of course, that will be super fast, but it's, uh, it's meaningless. But if you don't check the results, this will also go through. So with that, um, as a summary, basically, there are lots of pitfalls um, when benchmarking. So make sure that you check yourself. Um, but of course, also check if you see other people's numbers, right? If you read a paper um, about performance results, check if this is also there, like if they actually make sense, are the same things compared or no. And um, so there's also a list of things that you can check. So um, the type of benchmarks, reproducibility, optimization, um, then apples to apples comparison, uh, tuning, etc. So these things that you can check. And with that, we're actually through. So this is, uh, we did in this uh, video series, we talked about performance analysis and benchmarking. So I talked about the back of the envelope calculations, which I think is a very good tool for anybody who builds systems. So that's something that you should try to incorporate in your everyday life, essentially, to figure out the performance of different kinds of systems. Um, I talked about measurements, so different metrics and some statistics, some um, big data benchmarks, so um, XHS for sorting, big bench for end-to-end -end application, and like I gave a bit of an outlook to TPCA XAI that will come probably this year. And finally, we talked about fair benchmarking.
And with that, this actually concludes uh, this course. So thanks a lot for your attention. As usual, you can ask your questions in Moodle, send me an email or um, in the Q&A sessions.